the Scholars and Iron podcast. Phil Fister, strongman competitor, won Worlds several years ago. Uh, one of his favorite quotes that I like is, there's a lot of faithful people in strength communities because when you're straining under half a ton, quarter ton, uh, you're going to see God at one point or another. Good morning, and welcome to the Scholars in Iron podcast. I'm your host, Joe, coming to you from outside the nation's capital, right here in the DMV. The objective of Scholars in Iron is very straightforward. It's to associate strength training with intellectual endeavors. On the show, we'll examine the connection between capitalism and CrossFit, philosophy and powerlifting, all of a race and hell, and even a few questions. By the end of each episode, We'll get one rep closer to living the phrase, civilize the mind, but make savage the body. Now come on, let's lift. What is the proper relationship? between the mind and body. Now, we've already been exploring aspects of this question in virtually every show, but here, I'm curious to understand if there's a proper dividing line of when one favors training the body to the detriment of the spirit, or conversely, when one cultivates the spirit, but at the expense of the body. Believe it or not, for the early Christians, this was actually a topic of notoriety. In the centuries immediately following Christ's death, a group of Christians arose called the Gnostics, who believed that the soul or spirit was everything and that the flesh was nothing, something to be discarded. Ultimately, the majority of church fathers cited against the Gnostics, affirming that indeed, the body is important for the believer. And not only is it important, but its health is a holy imperative. I caught up recently with one of the strongest powerlifters in Appalachia, Pastor Matt Holbert of Grace Lutheran Church, in Fairmount, West Virginia. Matt is a powerlifting coach and judge for the USPA, and so the good reverend and I discussed everything on the topic of the theology of a strong body to Christian powerlifting. So let's get into it. Matt, you've got an interesting story as both a Lutheran pastor and powerlifter, so I'm wondering if you can give more of a biographical sketch about yourself. Okay. Born and raised in West Virginia, did my undergrad with the Jesuits up at Wheeling Jesuit University in theology. Started off as bio pre-med, wanted to be a, a doctor of osteopathy, and then uh, got my call my sophomore year and switched over to theology with a minor in philosophy. Did my seminary graduate work at Trinity Lutheran Seminary in Columbus, Ohio, and took an extra year and became a mission developer through the ELCA, the Lutherans, and did that in suburban Detroit, which is sort of an oxymoron. It was a horse farming community called South Lion outside of Detroit, closer to Ann Arbor, really. And did that for two years. Grad school was five years, finished that up, got ordained in 04, and served. My first call was up in central Pennsylvania uh, in a little town called Clearfield. And then in 2010, got a call back to Fairmont, West Virginia, just south of WVU. And I've been here ever since. Started lifting in second grade, started competing in powerlifting in 94, and haven't looked back. 
Is there a connection between strength training and faith, in your opinion? I definitely think there is. It's pretty much two sides of the same coin. Faith is really strength training of the spirit and the mind, you know, the assurance of things hoped for, the, the certainty of things not seen. And that's definitely what strength training is as well, is, you know, plotting a trajectory, either, you know, a slow, steady climb to a distant horizon or an eight-week peak where you're trying to get to something that you haven't done ever before, but you know it's there if you just stay the path. And then also, a little deeper, challenging the weaknesses, figuring out what you stink at and doing that, that's, you know, growth and faith. Find the things that we're weak at spiritually, and when we pay more attention to them, we become closer with our relationship to the divine, and we become a little bit better at doing what we're supposed to do. It seems as though in powerlifting culture, you almost have this Nietzschean idea of the supremacy of the body. And again, looking at it from a more cultural standpoint, you see that Christianity, or perhaps better yet, Christians, appear to favor their spiritual encounter as more valuable than their body. So I'm wondering, is there any biblical justification in keeping the body strong? I'd say the biggest one, and it's not very popular by any means, the resurrection of the body to life everlasting. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's not, you know, touched by an angel. We resurrect the body physically. So all the more reason to, to take care of it, because if we're going to have it, we might as well, you know, have something that'll last. Yeah, that's interesting. There's actually a passage in the Bible, Ben Surah, chapter 30, verse 15, which states that, quote, I would rather have bodily health than any gold and contentment of spirit than pearls. So let me ask you, do you preach the message of having a strong body to your congregation? Um, well, I, I coach a lot, <laughs> and that always ties things in, both with the faith community looking to me for help with, you know, just physical ailments and whatnot, and then uh, the gym community turning to me when things just don't quite mesh up with, you know, work harder and things will get better. I think it also comes down to going back to, you know, physical health is more valuable than any gold or pearls. That whole idea of what is the meaning of life? You know, is, are we working towards a goal that's a goal in its own? Or are we working towards something that actually leads us to something else? And when we're working towards the betterment of our physical body and our spiritual body, they're really one and the same. And there's not much beyond that aside from their own betterment. You know, we earn money to get freedom. We earn uh, time off to use it. But our health is the one thing that we enjoy just because it is good. Do you see Christianity as unique in its imperative to take care of the mind and body, or are there other faiths that do the same? Traditional Christianity seems to take the forefront in it. Uh, Judaism does pretty well with it. One of my first trading partners was actually the acting rabbi up in Clearfield, Al Siegel. He's the guy who started uh, raw powerlifting. And we used to have pretty cool conversations about that sort of thing. Uh, but theirs was more of, um, you know, God blesses you while you're here on earth, so you might as well take care of it so you can be here longer. Yeah, I'd say the mainline denomination or mainline religions do a fairly decent job, but Christianity is definitely probably the furthest ahead of linking the body to the spirit. All this really spurs me to consider whether or not there's a line between mind and body you know, regarding the attention that each deserves. So what really comes to mind, for example, is bodybuilding, right? Where it's exclusively how you look, no matter what it takes. And I'm sure there's, you know, a similar trend within powerlifting as well. 
what I'm trying to say is, you know, can there be such a thing as too much of the body or even too much of the spirit um, as it relates to its development? And so I'm wondering if this is something that you struggle with as a Christian athlete in balancing these. Um, absolutely. It's with anything. I have a, uh, <laughs> my wife calls it an addictive personality. Um, when I start something, I have trouble finishing or, or stopping until I finish rather. And that's definitely the thing here. And I see that a lot in the strength cultures, be it bodybuilding, powerlifting, Highland Games, CrossFit, whatever. We set those goals, and then we start to sacrifice everything else towards that one goal, sort of, you know, putting the, uh, the, the destination ahead of the journey, if you will. And we've we got to be careful about doing that because we are not just a human doing, you know. We're a human being. We're, we're the sum of our parts. So let me ask you, what sort of powerlifting do you compete in? You know, like what division, class? Uh, currently, I'm a national judge in the USPA, uh, 220 Masters Division, several state records, you know, like everybody else. Uh, I used to be the state chair for ADAU, which is now part of 100% Raw, and I lifted in ADAU, which is Anti-Drug Athletes United, for 10 years, 8 years, something like that. And I won a couple of national championships there, but it was a pretty small fed. Competition numbers, I got a 585 dead, a 385 bench, and a 540, whatever the kilo is, 544, 547, uh, squat, all raw, no wraps. So let me ask you, do you incorporate prayer into your training or you just sort of, you know, go after, block everything else out? <laughs> Honestly, it's everything and anything. There's times that I use this as a, a meditation and um, you know, morning hikes for my general physical preparedness are definitely a meditation. Uh, when I'm training, sometimes it's prayer and sometimes it's hanging out with the guys and the ladies and, and just laughing and enjoying life. So it, it really depends on where I'm at in a prep cycle or what I need to do that day. I'm glad you mentioned the Anti-Drug Federation because I'm wondering if something like anabolics is considered, you know, permissible for Christian athletes to use. It could be, depending on how they want to be perceived. For me, it's blatantly problematic. You know, look, the reverend's shooting up. That, that's not something you want to have out there. But for those who are straightforward with whatever it is they're using, be it, you know, um, ice baths towards uh, PEDs, um, hormone replacement therapy, whatever, if they're forward with it and upfront about it, then, you know, there's, I, I think the, mor the moral dilemma goes away with that. Now, when we're talking about Christian athletes, it really calls into question, what are we placing our faith in? And there, there's a lot of room to... Uh, give and take there, I think. I think that's more of a gray area than merely a black or white. I think you can be faithful and use to an extent, but then I think, again, like anything else, it can be a slippery slope. If you start to put too much into one camp or, you know, too much into that physical goal at the sacrifice of the spiritual journey or even your belief in other things that you hold good and bad, you know, if something gets between you and your relationship with God, well then, yeah, there's a problem and we definitely need to look at that. I wouldn't classify it as a sin, really and truly, especially in the classical sense of sin. I think 
it gets into sinful nature. It has the temper, the propensity to when we start lying about what we're doing. You know, if we're bearing false witness, if we're, uh, you know, the old Hulk Hogan shtick of training prayers and vitamins, um, and it turned out, well, wait a minute, there was a fourth thing there that he wasn't mentioning. Um, That's when we get into trouble, because it not only casts a bad light on us, but it casts a bad light on the whole faith. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was recently reading about this movement called Muscular Christianity, and how during the late Victorian period in the 19th century, there was this push in both the U.S. and England to sort of institutionalize Christian health, Christian weightlifting. So that's, for example, where we get the YMCA from. It's from this movement. And it's interesting because if you really look at the vast majority of powerlifting legends, right, most start out lifting at a YMCA. No, I think any gathering like that is great. Phil Fister, strongman competitor, won Worlds several years ago. Uh, One of his favorite quotes that I like is, you know, there's a lot of faithful people in strength communities because when you're straining under half a ton, quarter ton, uh, you're going to see God at one point or another. And actually, you know, talk about the muscular Christian movement makes me think of the um, Young Christian Athletes Association in the high schools these days. It's a club in a lot of the high schools, especially in uh, central Pennsylvania, West Virginia, uh, Appalachia, definitely. I'm not sure how far spread it is. Um, where they gather before and after school, they have devotions, they pray, just share their faith, but they're also linked together by their their journey in sports, all different sports. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to see how those states like Pennsylvania, West Virginia, even Ohio, where powerlifting is really well established there, right? And I've always been curious why those parts of the country see the sport flourish the most. I think we can trace it back to the folks that settled here. The types of people that came back and settled here were the ones who valued physical strength, um, who were tenacious, but also who didn't have a lot of other options for, you know, uh, recreation. Uh, the win- winters here and the weathers in these areas aren't exactly great year-round, so you spend a lot of time indoors or not being able to run around. You know, there's not a lot of flat places in West Virginia to play soccer at, but you can throw a barbell pretty much anywhere. And if you're strong enough to move a tree or mine some coal or move some uh, granite, well, then you're pretty much set for a job. And then that strength culture gets valued because, you know, those are the good providers. And I think that just sort of spun out to what we have today, where there's not as much call for the physical, but it's still highly valued in our culture. You had mentioned one organization earlier, but I'm curious to know about the status of Christian powerlifting today. You know, is it very conscious of itself, organizationally speaking? I think it's become more secularized as of late. Back in the uh, mid-90s, there, there was definitely a Christian bend to it. You couldn't throw a plate without hitting a, a church group. But today, especially with the advent of the, the whole Viking culture, not to say it's bad, it's become more of a uh, win at any cost, I'm a beast, I'm an animal mindset rather than part of a, a holistic training the body, you know, running the race, not to not to just beat the air like a boxer, but because I have a finish line, which is more of the Christian aspect. Still here, but there's definitely, it's not the uh, only voice 
in the sport anymore. Yeah, it seems as though there's a replacement of that with, you know, more of like the aesthetics of Vikings, you know, pagans, and even with like Stoics too. I've just noticed a lot of folks, you know, sharing, um, you know, Stoic quotes. So I'm wondering if, if both of these have sort of replaced maybe that more kind of Christian holistic, you know, mindset, if you will. Oh, definitely. And I'm as big a Ryan Holiday fan as anybody. Um, the, the daily stoic stuff, I, I eat it up. But, um, yeah, I, and I think it's that, that still that same desire to strengthen ourselves. And so we look to role models or we look to examples of what is strong, who is strong. And, of course, that culture appears to be really tough. So let's, let's emulate them. Let's see what we can learn from them. Um, but at the same time, you know, what was it, the uh, Tim Ferriss, Ryan Holiday uh, interview that they did a while back about, you know, you don't have to be purely stoic. You can be a bit Epicurean, too. It's all good. Um, I think there's something to learn from all of them. Are there any model Christian powerlifters that you find very motivational or inspirational? Oh, wow. Nobody huge is jumping to mind, but I can think of a ton of them throughout my past that have that have helped. Um, there was a big, uh, well, hmm, there was a big Hawaiian. Um, Anthony Clark was a big Christian power lifter, uh, the guy who was famed for the reverse bench press. Uh, I know several pastors who are in strength sports. It's it's kind of neat, you know. You look around and it's like, okay, there's there's three or four here and two or three there, and and we start to know each other. They aren't necessarily famous, but in our own circles, we we know each other. Uh, a lot of promoters around here um, have have a Christian bend, which helped too. Then I can't think of any one in particular, but I think that speaks to Christianity as well. You know, the the good. I won't say good. The uh, <laughs> the Christian athlete isn't trying to promote themselves. You know, they're trying to promote Christ. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Every now and then on my social media, some interesting powerlifter will show up. And I remember there's this one guy. I think he was like a Lutheran pastor from Canada. Yeah, yeah, um, the big beard guy. Yeah, and you know, he's there like pulling a truck or whatever. And it kind of makes me wonder if back in the day, you know, like in the Middle Ages in Europe, there wasn't like a bunch of friars and monks getting together and, you know, just like killing it in the gym. It's cool you've brought that up. One of the things that I've looked into, this whole softer pastor look, really came, seemed to come around, at least in the United States, around the, the 60s and 70s, when they were looking more for um, emotive, how do you feel, you know, faith more about feelings rather than living or discipline. And before that, it was very much a, a masculine-dominated, I mean, typical masculine trait, uh, but a, um, a harder type of leadership, you know, the hair past door. You can also see the, uh, the rise and fall of activity of guys in the church with that timeline, too. And when we bring back in things like strength sports, like, I don't know, camping, you know, all the stereotypical stuff, we start to see that, that shift back. And it becomes more of a family faith again instead of just not. Because it's not about male-female. It's about strength. It's about uh, faith. You know, it's about discipline. It's about showing what we can do when we put our head down and, and work together or work. 
that's all we have for today, guys. I just want to thank Pastor Matt for an engaging and entertaining talk. Music by Robert Slump. For Scholars in Iron, this is Joe, signing off.